Let's give him another hand clap of praise. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I covet your prayers that we will be able to get into the Word of God tonight. If I can get into my iPad. <laughs> We finished up last Wednesday night what we had been studying about the seven lies of the devil. We're not getting back into a series tonight because, like I said, we won't be in service next Wednesday night. So um, I uh, got something to share with you, and I want to welcome everybody who may be watching by means of the Internet tonight. Uh, We want to welcome you. And um, you can join right along with us as we read and study from the Word of God. I'm excited about our lesson tonight. Um, I'm going to be talking about it's time to move forward. Amen. It's time to move forward. Um, I believe if it uh, ever was a pressing thing in the body of Christ for the hour that we're living is that we cannot afford just to spin our wheels. We can't afford just to go around in circles. Um, and um, I, got some, I got some scripture that I'm going to share with you and talk about something tonight that I think that it's very important. And we're going to be going to the book of Deuteronomy, the second chapter. And I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. Um, as our launching pad tonight from what we're going to talk about. And um, Deuteronomy chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, we're going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. And this is what it uh, reads like. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, and he's talking about Moses, saying, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings. Well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me just stop right there. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough to turn you northward. We're talking tonight about uh, being time to move forward. And I think everybody will pick up and realize that we, we're talking about the children of Israel as they are traveling in the wilderness that left Egypt. And they were headed to the land of promise. And, uh, but they got to a particular place in Mount Seir, and they compassed that mountain. And the scripture, we said they did it for several days. They just kind of um, got, got used to the, all right, you're getting ahead of me. I'm fixing to bring that out. I want to first I want to first mention the word stagnation. 
Now, according to Mr. Webster, stagnation is a state or condition marked by lack of flow, movement, or development. And let me say that again in case there's anybody uh, writing that down. Stagnation is a state or condition marked by a lack of flow, movement, or development. And I will further add um, to that by adding it is marked by inactivity, inaction, and unproductivity. Hallelujah. In our scripture text, the children of Israel had come to Mount Seir, and they had compassed it many days. And now, as uh, Sister Darlene pointed out already, the Hebrew word here for compassed means to revolve. When I looked it up in the, in the Hebrew, it said came from a Hebrew root word meaning to revolve. So in other words, they appear to have been just circling the mountain or the region in which the mountain range was. They had got to that point, and they were just going around in circles. Amen. Listen close. There, there's, a, there's a message here, a powerful message, that we as the body of Christ need to get a hold of. Uh, there was no progress made in their journey. We could say they had become stagnant. The promised land was northward, but there was no movement in that direction. They were complacent and satisfied. <laughs> Glory to God. They were complacent and satisfied in the blessings of manna in the morning and quail in the evening. Now, Brother Kyle brought some things up about the man and stuff here not long ago. And uh, I want you to get a picture here of what was going on with these Israelites. And let me just read again now what I started to read a few minutes ago in Exodus chapter 16. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel... Speak unto them, saying, At even you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now we know that that flesh in the evening was quail. God sent them quail, amen, out of nowhere, so they could eat quail in the evening, and of course they had bread in the morning, or manna, you know, what is it? You know, I mean, when they first got up and looked at it and saw it laying everywhere, uh, it would do, the dew would come, and then when the dew was gone, there we would be, and all they'd have to do is gather up. Amen. So, here's the point that I want to drive home tonight, and listen close. Why should they travel forward to face the desert, battles with enemies, and God only knows what? I'm sure many thought that all they needed was right there where they were at. Hey, 
we'll just continue to circle this mountain right here. Come on, somebody. I mean, we're getting manna in the morning. We're getting quails in the, uh, in the evening. We're getting water from the rock. Come on. Why? I, they did not want to move on no further. They were satisfied in the blessings that God had given them so far. If that ain't a picture of where the church is right now, I don't know what is. Hallelujah. God has blessed us beyond belief. We got the blessing of the Holy Ghost. We got salvation. Amen. All the blessing God has given us, and we become satisfied. Come on now. Hallelujah. So, why should they travel forward, Brother Douglas? They go, if they go forward, they get away from that mountain, they're going to get further in the wilderness. They've got to get deeper in the wilderness before they come out to the promised land on the other side. We don't know what's in that wilderness. Come on. We know what we're going to face out there. We got everything that we need right here. Let's just pitch tent right here. And so they stayed there for several, many days. We don't know exactly how long it was, but they were just revolving around the mountain, eating manna and quail, drinking water from the rock, enjoying the blessings of God, not doing what God is directing them to do. And there's a world of people in that same category today. Hallelujah. We're not willing to launch out. We're not willing to go no. Why would we want to go further? God's taking care of us here. He's, he's supplying our needs. I mean, we are being blessed. Why in the world should we go out and try to face the unknown? So we can find that similar situation in the body of Christ. But in our case, what I want to talk about tonight, in our case, I'm calling it spiritual stagnation. Spiritual stagnation. We get in a spiritual rut where there's no growth, there's no movement or advancement in the kingdom of God. And whether you realize it or not, it is da- it's a dangerous place to be for any child of God. Amen. When you get to a point in a place before you're not advancing and you're not growing spiritually, you're, at the, you're on the same level than you was 10 years ago. I'm going to tell you, and listen, listen to me. Read my lips. You're out of the will of God. If you're the same place spiritually right now as you was 10 years ago, you are out of God's perfect will. You know, sometimes we give people compliments we think it's a compliment. Sister Darlene and I have talked about this before, but it's not a real compliment. Uh, now, when we talk about God not, not changing, I mean, that's, that's part of his attributes. That's, that's a compliment toward God. But I don't want nobody to look at me and say, well, there's Sammy Pruitt, you know. He's the same as he was 20 years ago. I don't want nobody to say that about me. Because growth involves change. Did you hear me? Growth involves change. 
I do not look the same way as I looked back when I was three foot three. Not much taller than what Sister Darling is right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> as you grow, you change. Hallelujah. And God expects his people to change. He expects us to grow. He expects us to have some movement about us. Amen. And if you're not doing that, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to make no bones about it. You are not in his perfect will. I don't care who you are, be you a pastor, a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, an elder. Amen. You're not in God's will when you're, when you're just revolving. And you, all you can say is, well, praise God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right where I was 20 years ago. That is not a good place to be. In fact, as I said, it's a dangerous place to be for any child of God. And in these perilous days in which we live, I hear God saying to the church, it's time to move forward. Stop going around in spiritual circles. I want to talk about the danger of stagnation. When you're not in a flow, when you're not being, when you're not flowing, you're going to become stagnant. And one of the major dangers of stagnation, and when you think about water, let's just use water as an example. When you get water that becomes stagnated, it's not going along that there's going to be some contamination. Come on, somebody. When you got stagnation, but now remember, as I talk about this, I'm talking about spiritual stagnation now. This could very well be why we're getting some contamination in the body of Christ. People are not wanting to live right, walk holy. Come on, somebody. They become contaminated because they ain't been flowing. They ain't been moving in God. They hadn't been growing in God. They become like a body of water that's flowed down somewhere and gathered around a little, a little old puddle somewhere. Amen. And it's got contaminated. What we do, we get contaminated with the world. Amen. When water is flowing and moving, it stays fresh and pure. We are told uh, that water purifies itself as it moves along. I can remember being taught that by a science teacher when I was back in high school. Water has a tendency to purify itself as it moves along. But when something hinders the flow, it becomes stagnant and eventually incapable of sustaining life. When it becomes incapable of sustaining life, that means it's been contaminated. And how many knows that Holy Ghost that we have within us is another word for life? Hallelujah. In Israel, 
I'm going to give an example here. In Israel, there are two well-known bodies of water. First is the Sea of Galilee. And then there's the Dead Sea. Now, I want you to notice something. I don't know how easy you can see on this. I tried to pick out maps that you could see. But at the top there on the northern end of the Sea of Galilee, you can see that word Jordan River. The Jordan River flows from the north into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is teeming with life. There's been abundance of fish that's kept people fishing commercially for thousands of years there. You can see pictures of the day. It's still as beautiful as it ever was. Uh, and down at the bottom, notice the Jordan River down at the bottom. There's where it flows out. So there's a constant flow in the Sea of Galilee. Water from the Jordan River flows in and it flows out. And the Sea of Galilee is teeming with life and it's beautiful. And it brings life to all the region uh, of, uh, of Galilee. Hallelujah. Uh, now, there's another body of water in Israel. And it's known as the Dead Sea. Now, both of these bodies of water are fed by the Jordan River. But there's no life in the water of the Dead Sea. There's no abundance of life around the Dead Sea. What's the difference? Both of them are fed by the Jordan. What is the difference? The Dead Sea has water coming in, but it don't have an outlet. In fact, we know that the Dead Sea is considered the lowest place on the earth. And the only way water uh, can escape there is through evaporation. And that's where the salt deposits uh, are, are great. Matter of fact, I remember, again, studying in history. Years ago, many years ago, hundreds of years ago, a lot of times when they wanted to execute somebody, they would tie, tie them up, throw them overboard, let them drown. History tells us that that's been tried in the Dead Sea. And when they tried it, the people who did it got spooked because whatever they throwed overboard would pop back up. Some of them looked at it as a sign from the gods. Oh, so we're trying to drown the wrong guy. And he, he might be a murderer, but they, a lot of times would let him go because he, nothing will sink in the, red, uh, uh, in the Dead Sea. And the reason why that is so dense and it's filled, filled with salt, and there's no life in it. And the reason for this is because there's an inlet, but not an outlet. Now, contamination. 
contamination happens when the movement and the flow stops. I checked in the dictionary and looked up a few synonyms of the word contamination. And the first, it led me to corruption and uncleanness. Now, when we become spiritually stagnated, sooner or later, corruption is going to come in. And two synonyms for this word corruption, if you look it up in the dictionary, will lead you to uh, uh, uncleanness. Uh, Then... It led me to two other words that came as synonyms, and I didn't realize this, but they're synonyms of the word uh, contamination. It's spot and blemish. Wow. Get this now. Get a picture of this. We're talking about the danger of stagnation, spiritual stagnation. We become contaminated, or we begin to get spots and blemish. Now, you know where my mind went when I seen spot and blemish. My mind took me directly to Ephesians 5 and 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water, not stagnant water, washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not what? Having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. No contamination. Folks, I'm going to tell you, church, you better quit playing around Hey, hallelujah, you better be washed, have the washing of the water by the word, amen. And if you got some contamination going, make sure, because if you've got some contamination, a spot here and a spot there and a blemish over there, that's contamination. And it's caused because you got stagnated. You ain't been growing in God. You ain't, you ain't going further in God, hallelujah. And it's a danger. It's a danger. And but I preach this all the time. I, I, I te- I've taught this for years. But some people, it used. They say, "Well, I, I'm just not. I'm, I'm not condemned over that. Not because you're too contaminated." What? Yeah. I know people in the church today that does things today that 25, 30 years ago they didn't do it and they come out and told you they felt condemned over it. But they sheared their conscience with a hot iron and it don't bother them no more. And so, Sister Moore, when it don't bother them, they think, well, God, God's not condemning me. It ain't the fact that God's not condemning you. He's getting tired of fooling with you. Here's where you're at. 
Here's where you're at right now. Ephesians 4, 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. <laughs> There's that word I told you, a synonym, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Past feeling means <clears throat> at one time you did have some feeling. But you've gotten past that. You've allowed yourself to become so contaminated by the world because you've been stagnated so long and not growing in God. You become numb to the effects of sin in your life. Woo! Pastor, that's good teaching. It's teaching you don't hear everywhere nowadays. One more scripture, and I'm going to wind this down. And I'm going to take you to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are, are, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the... My, 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 hadn't this all tied together or what? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Church, I felt this strong as God was giving me this lesson to teach for this evening. I felt strong to... Have you to realize that it, it's time to move forward? Quit revolving around the place where you have been for the last six months, the last year, the last five years, the last ten years. Whatever it takes for you to grow in God, you better start growing. If you keep compassing that mountain, you ain't going to never make it to the promised land. You've got, to, you've got to get out there where God's trying to lead you because, hey, all these blessings that you've been satisfied with, if God keeps telling you to quit circling the mountain and move forward, he's liable to cut that manna and meat off. Hallelujah. Glory. So, I thought, wow, when, when, when this was coming together. Because the day, listen, we live, and I think everybody knows this. I, I get so, I, man, sometimes I have to cut the news off because there's so much going on now. They keep doing more and more and more. Leaders. I like a sign that I saw not too long ago. People still walking around saying, uh, God bless the USA. But as the sign said, if you want God to bless the USA, uh, quit making laws out of things God has cursed. 
They've tried 15 times to pass a law to protect babies from infanticide. And I'm going to come out and say the Democratic Party has rejected it and blocked every time. I'm just going to call it like it is, folks. I don't mean to, I don't mean to hurt or bother nobody, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. These political parties today have left the foundation that this country is built upon. I can't believe the perilous times that we're living in. And provided all that stuff that I'm talking about, you cannot afford to become stagnated, contaminated, corrupted. Please take this home with you. Please pray about this. Study this out further. I guarantee you there's a lot more in this than I've brought out to you tonight due to time. Hallelujah. we got to move forward. We've got to get closer to God. Amen. We've got to get closer to God. Let's all stand together.